The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Do you know, sometimes when you, you talk to people uh, on this program or any program like this, you kind of think, well, they're now talking about something that could happen to any family listening to us this morning. And any family listening could be caught just as easily, just as innocently as they were. But not every family would write a book about it. Not every family would be as together and as organized, I think, and as close, I think, to be able to sit down and write a book about it. The book they've written is called When You Lose It. I'm speaking of mother and daughter, Roxy and Gay Longworth, who join me now. Good morning, ladies. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. I introduced it by saying this is a problem, this is something that could happen to any family, but I haven't mentioned yet what it is. Roxy, you were 13 when this happened. Tell, pe- tell yeah. people what happened to you. Um, when I was 13, I was coerced into, by a couple 17-year-old guys at my school into sending explicit photographs, which they then sent across the whole school and everyone had them and the shame and humiliation after just made my mental health completely deteriorate until I was self-harming. How did it start, Rox? It started, I was flattered to start with. It was, it was, you know, they were older. I was only 13. I was so young. I was quite flattered and then very quickly there was just a huge amount of pressure to send these photos and when I said no, the pressure built and built. And as soon as they had one, they used it to ask for more and more explicit photos with the threat that they would send them to everyone at school. Wow. Gay, when did you realise or did you realise something was wrong? I, I had no idea. I, I didn't know anything was happening um, until Roxy had been dealing with this all by herself for about nearly two months so I, I was brought into school three weeks into term and told that Roxy had been sending photos to boys. That, that's how it was put to me. Right. I was blindsided. Yeah. You were, clearly, Roxy, you, were, you felt helpless and, and you felt you'd been looped into this and you felt you'd no one to turn to. Yeah, I mean, when they were when they were making these threats, it didn't, you know, it was like, send the photos or we'll send them to everybody else. And that didn't feel like an option. Like, that wasn't a choice. Like, the thought of everyone having them and my parents finding out was just, it, it wasn't an option. And I just, I had, I felt like I had nobody. I was completely on my own and I, I was completely trapped and they just owned me. Yeah. And tell me, did you think about telling your mum at any point? I tried once um, to kind of tell her this was when it had gotten really bad. But in the third person, I sort of, I told her that I had had an idea for a book about a girl who had done what I'd actually done, what had happened, like that. and just to kind of see what her response was. Um, it wasn't and, good. <laughs> and she basically said, anyone who does that is really stupid and basically deserves what they've got if they've been that stupid and it's really hard to write a book about a main character that you don't like so I thought I'm yeah pretty hardcore right yeah 
Um, I, mean, I, I was just, I was trying to be so emphatic that it was a dangerous thing to do. And of course, it's one thing saying don't do it. But what I, what you never say is, but you know, if something has happened, like if you do drink too much at a party or somebody, one of your friends takes something they shouldn't have taken, call me. You'll never be in trouble for calling me. But I didn't say that about photos. I was like, don't do it. We've all had the conversation with our teenagers, gay, I think, or many anyway. This way I said it can happen in any family. And I've had teenagers myself, so I kind of know what I'm saying here. Like, mm. they come to you with a story and they go, you know, I've got this friend or this, this girl at school or third party. And was there a suspicion there at all that she might have been talking about herself? Really, genuinely, no. I mean, you know, she had just turned 14 at that point. It was it was unimaginable to me. Um, I'm, I'm sad to say I, I just couldn't imagine that. And she had she had changed, I think she had changed. But you thought that's part of being 13. And yes, as I say, as a parent of teenagers, I know there's a thing happens when they're 13. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I was definitely, you know, I'm the police keeper. I'm the, you know, I'm the one who says no. I'm the one who gives the curfew. So, you know, I, I was expecting a bit of pushback because she was a teenager. So um, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it for what it was, which was a really a, a cry for help. So I would say to anyone, if, the, if their behavior changes as dramatically, well, it wasn't even dramatic, but as noticeably, mm-hmm then dig, start digging somehow, find a way to have a conversation. Because I retreated because I could not look my mum in the eye. Like, I thought just from looking in my eyes, she would see what was going on. I was so embarrassed. You were so afraid that she might find out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It must have been, it must have been a, a horrible place to be, Rox, was it? Did you think yeah, there I mean, was no... Yeah, to lose control, yeah. to lose all control of your body and your life like that at 13 and 14. It's just it's pretty unimaginable, to be honest. So... Yeah, you, you, yeah, sorry. Go on, go on. <laughs> I just, I think Roxy just genuinely thought her life was over. And, and really one of the reasons for writing the book is to, to, to tell everybody that even if you're in that really embarrassing, humiliating place, your life isn't over. Yeah. And we both made, we both made so many mistakes. And because the book is written from two separate narratives, we've written completely separately our own experience. You yeah. see very clearly my mistakes and my mum's mistakes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So hopefully no one else goes through it. And that's, <clears throat> that, and that's why the book is so important. And, and I'll come to writing it in a second, but just to continue the story for a moment. So Gay, you're called into the school and... Yeah. The, the version of events is, or that you're told is, that Roxy has been sending out pictures. What, what's your immediate reaction? Um, <clears throat> immediate reaction is like being punched in the solar plexus. Um, and, but when I started thinking about it, I, I did ask, you know, who, who, who the boys were, you know, who, I, I was, yeah, I. <clears throat> it's really hard to go back to that moment because it's it's the kind of moment that our family life slightly you know ended. Um, 
but I, I, it was very much the onus was put on Roxy very quickly, yeah. and um, I, I sort of I, I followed their lead because you know teachers and the school are the ones with the authority. Yeah. They're the educators. I, I, I'm not. I'm just the parent. And I, I was. You know, as a, as a parent, and and as I say, one one parent of teenagers one time to another. Your, was your first instinct to confront Roxy or was your first, your first instinct, this can't be right? It was a bit of both, actually. Um, yeah. it, was a, it was a bit of both. I, I, I obviously wanted to talk to Rox, Roxy and get her version, but, but there, was, there was equally the... You know, nothing, it just didn't, you know, something wasn't quite adding up. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't understand, promise you, I didn't understand the full extent of what she had been through until I read her version of When You Lose It, of, of, of oh, the book. really? We wrote it separately. I promise you. Okay. okay. Because I don't think Roxy could put it, yeah, Roxy couldn't put it into words. I didn't understand. And and Roxy, when it all came out, and I'll come to the book now in a minute because it's a great way to bring the bring the book, the writing of the book in. But when it all came out, and Mum knew, what was your initial reaction? I mean, <clears throat> by the time my parents had been told by the school, and the school had brought me in, if I'd already kind of watched the photo spread through school, I'd kind of watched as people more and more people knew just from their facial expressions and the things that people would say to me like for for weeks and so by the time they found out I had just I was just it was all I was in this hole I was just I was in this hell I kept it wasn't really it wasn't that relevant to me that they knew any that they'd found out because I'd already kind of been pretty destroyed by it it had been months was it a relief in some way though that they knew I mean not really. I, I, I didn't feel like I had any had anybody after that. And I was just completely I was so ashamed and I felt so guilty. Mm. It was just it was this it was this overwhelming guilt. I never thought I was a victim of anything for years and years after. Like it was I just pun I felt like I needed to punish myself. Yeah. I should remind people you're you're nineteen now. So <laughs> the writing of the book, first of all, the idea for the book. Where did, whose idea? Well, I take it it was probably you, Gay, because you're a writer anyway, but... Well, well, was actually, it, it, was, it was Roxy. Was Roxy it? Wanted to write, yeah, she wanted to write it. Um, when, when she got her life back on track and she was at Sixth Form College, she was doing A-levels and she decided <laughs> to write it um, on her own. And I think it was a sort of 100,000 words of pure, just relief. Right. And then she said she wanted me to help her because I'm a writer, but I also ghostwrite. Because it was an 100,000-word rant of anger. <laughs> I was so angry. And so in the evenings, I would just explode and write it all down, which I probably needed to do. Yeah. But it wasn't very readable. or It wasn't going to be helpful for anyone because it was just angry. So we, dec- so we thought in our wisdom that I would ghostwrite it for her. So we sat down, as I do with anyone that I'm ghostwriting for, to have the first interview. And within about three and a half minutes... We, we stormed out because when Roxy first started speak, telling me, I was like, well, it wasn't quite like that. This happened, something else happened. And she was like, it wasn't like that. And I was like, well, it wasn't really like that. And we realized that our separate 
our separate accounts were completely different. So uh-huh. instead, a, few, a couple of months later, we went into the first lockdown and we went into two different rooms and we realised that we hadn't told and we hadn't told each other what had happened. So we went into two different rooms and we wrote our separate accounts, sort of like an extended letter to each other of our own experiences. Wow. Yeah. The 100,000 word rent, as you refer to it, Roxy, like, did you read that in its raw form, Gay? Um, I did I actually didn't show. I didn't show my mum that one. It was when I sat down to write her my the letter of what had happened to me. That's the version that she read because the rant was. It was for me. That was like I needed to. I hadn't told anyone. I hadn't spoken to anyone about it. I needed to explode. Yeah, I didn't read the rant. I I read pretty much the version that you've got in your hands because we didn't exchange it until we'd finished the whole thing because we didn't want any hindsight to affect it that's now that is remarkable so you effectively Mm -hmm. wrote this book together but separately and neither of you saw the other person's version of the story until you'd written it all down yeah yeah because you know it yes but it was sort of genuinely without without hindsight or or wisdom it's pretty raw and you know and I'm going to put the same question to you both and I actually start um, in reverse order Roxy when when your mum wrote down her memory and you read it for the first time how did that go down with you? (laughs) that was a big day Mm. Um, I was angry. I have, I still probably am a little bit angry. I have a lot of things to get my head around the way that she handled things. And, but it helped me start to understand the decision she made. Like it started, yeah, it's, that was when I could begin to kind of break through that anger and try and get my head around it all. Um, I also, she's an incredible writer. So the other part of me was like, oh my God, this is, this is, I know she's writing about me, but this is still horrific. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and the third part was like, oh my God, we might actually be able to help people with this. Like, yeah. we might actually be able to help, which was, you know, it was a horrible thing to write. It was just, it was a horrible thing to read. And we had such opposing versions. And then, but we kind of brought together in this thing, which was like, this is good. This could help people. We can actually make something come of this horrific three-year period of our lives. Yeah. And Gay, when you read what your daughter had been through for the first time? Heartbreaking. Um, so sad. Uh, very difficult to um, revisit my version knowing now what I did not know then but a little bit like Roxy said you know as awful as it was you know I, I thought it was good you know I thought it was a really strong piece of writing and I was staggered by Roxy's writing mm. um, you know she was only she was 17 or 18 when they wrote it I mean 17 it's um, phenomenal so DNA um, is a wonderful know, thing isn't it Kay? yeah <laughs> you know I, I just wish that I had read that book when Roxy was 13. I, I think you. it would have all been very different if that had been the case. Yeah. You're both, I, 
you are you very close now? The two of you. <laughs> I mean, my mum's not my best friend. No, that's fine. I'm your mum. <laughs> yeah, we go have cocktails together, which is quite nice. And we have we have a relationship, which it was very possible after everything that happened, because we really drifted apart for a couple of years. It was really possible that we never would have sat down and had the conversation that brought us back together. And that's what the book did. So, you know, it, it really saved our relationship. Yeah, agreed. It saved your relationship and it could well save many, many other families from going through what what you went through because I think there's prob- what's in it is probably an observation from one to the other of how these things can happen. And the lesson from this book is it could be anybody's family tomorrow. It's an incredible piece of work. It's available now. It's called When You Lose It by Roxy and Gay Longworth, congratulations to you both. You've written a very, very important book, and thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. Cheers. Thank you. That's that's Roxy and Gay. The book is called When You Lose It. If you need help, uh, if anything that you've been listening to has triggered anything within you, you can contact the Sexual Violence Centre, Mary Quilly's team, one eight hundred four nine six four nine six. You can text them at oh eight seven. One five three 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 nine three. You can pop them an email. Info at sexualviolence.ie And there is an uh, intimate image abuse hotline also. And the book is called When You Lose It, Wellback Publishing. And I'm very sure my friend John Green in um, Waterstones or indeed the good people in Dubray or any bookshop can find it for you. Quartz 96 FM.